fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. Hi, I'm Kristen. <laughs> we both sound like Muppets. I know, I tried to mimic you. I tried to. And this is To Ellen Back. To wow. Ellen Back. Wow. Wow. You, you said wow before you even heard me. Right, you know, exactly. Because I said the whole thing and where were you? I know, I think we have a massive delay. <laughs> <laughs> to Ellen Back, believe it or not, is an auto straddle podcast where Reese, Bernard, and myself, Kristen Russo, talk about every episode of a series called The L Word. This week, we're talking about episode called Liberally. It is written by Eileen Shaken. I am shocked by this fact. Shocked. <laughs> it was directed by Mary Heron, who is a Canadian director and writer who has often collaborated with our friend Guinevere Turner. Wow. So... I'm just absolutely floored that Eileen Shaken wrote this episode. Um, when did this episode air? It aired on March 21st, 2004. Okay. All right. Uh, this is the one where Tina has had a miscarriage. Francesca is going to work for Drew Barrymore. Shane fucks Sherry Jaffe in a chair. And Dana gets a fucking haircut. How was that? I mean, you just... <laughs> Yeah, you just described the whole episode. Thank you guys so much know, for tuning in to, to Ellen Back. Um, <laughs> we hope to see you on the flip side. Ahem. So we begin in a porn. <laughs> a great place to begin any story is in a porn. In a porn. <laughs> and so, of course, we were in the San Fernando Valley, otherwise known as the Valley, which used to be headquarters of the porn industry. As shown by films like Boogie Nights, a film that mm. is better than this episode. It is. I mean, that's pretty fair, uh, given almost anything. I mean, what? Ro Roller Girl? Is that her name? Roller Girl. Ugh, love her. All right? Who doesn't love Roller Girl? And this porn is like so basic and no one's wearing roller skates. You know, there's a principal. It's a like teacher, teacher caught you porn. Yeah, there's like two Catholic schoolgirls in their skirts. They make out and then the guy comes in and they're like, ready, man, you got wood? Because let's not not mention something of that nature in any intro. And then right. mm -hmm. he comes in. And you know what's funny, though? This Remember the <laughs> remember our friend, the police officer who pulled him over? Unfortunately, I do. And the kind of porn he described where two girls are going at it and then a the guy walks in and they're like, hey, come on. Yeah. This is what this is it. This is what he was describing. This is what he was describing. I also thought it was a, like a choice, probably a classic choice, but I don't watch a lot of porn. Uh, so I don't know. She's Maybe lying. this happens all the time. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a weirdo. Um, but this every time the dude in the back was like, get excited, the girl against the sink just grabbed her nipples. Like <laughs> it was her, that was her go-to move. She was like, how do I show I'm into it? Pinch my own nipples. Like, yeah. That was her thing. Anyhow, we obviously, this porn becomes integral to the episode, but so far, I don't know why the episode is called Liberally. I mean, she did she did liberally pinch her own nipples, um, but 
just not there yet. Yeah, it should have been called meat. That was forced, Reese. That was really forced. You were just sitting on meat. I was just Wait. sitting there thinking, how can I talk about meat? <laughs> then we go from the porn to the credits. I keep waiting. Like, is it just season two? Do I not get the theme song until season two? Yeah. I, I did you think it... they changed the theme song mid-season one? I, I did. I thought I was going to get it. In, no, in season one. we have to wait. All good things take time. Mm-hmm. You got to. Uh, anticipation is the purest form of pleasure. <laughs> so we cut from the credits. Beep, boop, 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 to Tina whisking egg yolks. She's not. Which, she's just uh, like slowly, like half-heartedly <laughs> whisking eggs in a bowl that's kind of a little bit big for the amount of eggs that she's doing. And yeah. she's probably thinking, like, I used right. to have eggs. I used to have an egg yolk. Inside like, me. And now it's dead like the chickens in this yep. bowl. That's precisely what Eileen Chaikin sat down at her desk yeah. and was like, how can I convey miscarriage? Right. I know. <laughs> I'll have Tina whisk egg And then yolks. she's like, I cannot make this omelet. I'm too sad. Yes, yeah, she slides down to the floor and Bet is like totally just normal Bet on her way to work, earpiece in, and she sees Tina on the floor and she's like, Don't worry, honey, it'll be fine. How do you feel about this episode in general, Kristen? Was this weird for you? Not really, because like I mean, I thought it was gonna be like I was like bracing for impact, but I just felt like it was the only thing that really struck me, I think, was the like was Bet's arc. Like Tina's arc with the miscarriage was so it just felt so heavy handed to me that yeah. uh, I didn't feel emotional about it. But the conversation and, and I think we'll get there, you know, as the episode unfolds, but the conversation around Bet not being you know, people saying like, but what about you, Bet? Like, how are you doing, Bet? Was something that was resonant for me because um, when Jenny and I went through a miscarriage and then like even since then, like I've been really public about speaking about it, what have you. Um, even if I hadn't, though, like I feel like the general default is like I was the one who physically went through the loss. And so people often like focused on me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even during that time for us, people um, were focusing on me and even Jenny, like similarly to Bet, was focusing on me mm -hmm. um, and not the fact that like we had suffered a loss. So that that hit a couple of things for me. But Tina's stuff it was just I don't think I identified with it because Tina totally fell apart, like right in the aftermath of it. Whereas I was like, I'm fine. Everything's fine uh, in the aftermath. So I was kind of like, Tina, get up and make your fucking eggs, you know? <laughs> well, Tina's also unemployed. Yeah, that's true. You know what that's I mean? That's true. Like you yeah. like left the hospital and went straight to work. Right. I, like quite literally. Yeah. Oh, you guys uh, should listen to Kristen's Nancy episode if you haven't listened to it yet. Oh, yeah. I did an episode of Nancy um, with Kathy, too. And I talked about um, having I talked about fertility in general. And I also talked about having a miscarriage while running a camp, which I think might be happening while this episode is airing. Uh, who knows where we are in time? I don't know where we are in time either. But I do know that this next scene is one of my favorite moments in all of the L word. So Jenny Schechter with her like her bangs like she was lying flat on her pillow she got up her bangs are all still like straight up you know she's wearing like she's wearing like men's long winter underwear pants i want to say that are like too big so like the crotch is hanging down to her knees she's wearing like a ratty old t-shirt she looks like she's been like rolling around in like maybe like a, a sandbox yeah definitely and she's creeping I mean along the side of tim's house and trish shows up 
You described Jenny as a mouse a couple of episodes ago. And like this, like this is the mousiest she has been. She's like a little dirty mouse yeah. outside of the house. And and Trish sees her and Jenny's like, oh. Hi, Trish. Hi. Um, I'm just on my way to the grocery store uh, to get some bread. I was just to get some bread for toast. I I don't know how many times I've referenced that in my life, but it is one of my favorite lines in all of the L word. It's hysterical. I have never referenced it. I didn't remember it. So it was like living it for the first time for me today. Uh And I was, oh, just a joy. Just a joy. Just a joy. You know who's not a joy? Francesca. Fucking Francesca. Francesca Wolf with three five Fs. Francesca, yeah, her name is spelled F F R A N C E S C A. Francesca Wolfpack. I think it's spelled with a P A C K at the end, so it's like Wolfpack. I think actually it's it's three O's but no L, so it's like Francesca Wolf. Ooh, Francesca. That's good. Gosh, I'm already giving her a couple name with Marina because they're so happy together. You know, it's good to see two successful women really love each other. Really love each other for who they are. And so Francesca gets a job with Drew fucking Barrymore yeah. and Marina's like, but our vacation and Francesca's like, you have no money. And everybody in the crowd gasps. What do you mean Marina has no money? <laughs> so Francesca's like, I have to work to support you and your silly little dream. And Marina's like, <laughs> stone cold sucks our robot face. Mm-hmm. And then I think they try to make out. Yeah, Francesca's like, come here and let's do the sex, yeah. essentially. Doesn't she, like, pat Mar- the bed next to her or something? She does pat the fucking bed. <laughs> come like, here, little one. Let us do the sex. Oof. It would have been and, good and if what Marina she wanted was to like, spank her. Like, lie on my, lie on my lap, and then Yeah, boom. I mean, I would have given wow. Francesca wow. a couple wow. of points if that's why she patted the bed, but she did not. She patted the bed to have missionary-style sex <laughs> with Marina. And then she's like, well, I'm gone. You can hook up with Jenny or something like that. And it's like, Jesus, yeah. Christo. Yeah. This relationship Jesus, is a mess. Jesus, Christo. <laughs> so this is cute, cute, cute. The next scene, because Shane is doing Dana's hair and Alice is there and they're all talking like the little trio of friends that they are. And Alice has been fucking the guy, the Andrew. Yeah, who knew? How'd she get Andrew back? This speaks to how men are, you know. He was like, I never <laughs> want to see any of you again. But then, you know, Alex, Alice test, texted him and was like, hey, want to bang? And he was like, okay. Yeah, JK, be right there. <laughs> and she's like, I love boy-girl sex. It's so simple. We do, It's not like you do me and I do you. And like, true. <laughs> reporting reporting from the front of having had. Yeah, I mean, uh, male-female sex. sex or man-woman sex is a lot more straightforward. It was a little weird to get used to lesbian sex where it's like not quite as straightforward. Right. But well, and the, and this is what I mean, at least Alice knew what she was after. She has been talking since the beginning of the series about the fact that she wanted this. And she's like, and I did. It's this also so funny because later in the series, her bisexuality completely goes away. But I for, so I forgot how much in season one she's like truly committed to. Yeah. To being bisexual. And of course, Dana's like, don't talk about it. I don't want to hear oh, about yeah, it. Dana hates bisexuals consistently. And Alice is... And also... Yeah, so Alice is like, I'm late. I think I'm pregnant. But I've only had sex with Andrew five times. And my math calculates out to the fact that that means that I'm pregnant with Lisa's baby. 
where we get a line that is indicative of how aware the show may or may not have been of trans women existing, where I think Dana says, who says this line? Probably the first lesbian history to pull that off. Yeah. So. Right. But also, I fucking hate the I'm three days late on my period. Am I going to have a baby storyline? Yeah. On uh, every do you hate it fucking as much show. As- it's so annoying. They're never actually pregnant, by the way. Never. Yeah. The storyline always ends the same way that they're not pregnant. Also, also take a pregnancy test. Also, I'm shut sorry. Up. Like you're one but- week late and you're already talking about your what? Shut up. I agree. And it's a, it's a, it's a uh, used storyline. It's very unbelievable, but I find it a little more believable than all three of them thinking that a great plan is that they're going to give their baby to <laughs> Tina and Bet. And that literally, like, it's not even like, LOL, joke, joke, that everybody is like, literally so serious. They're like, this is going to be great. Like, Tina just had a miscarriage. And I know exactly what she wants is a baby that Alice made with Lisa. Right. So. Dana is like just get an abortion and I'm like thank you Dana yeah but also it's also weird that Alice wouldn't be on the pill like she does not seem I mean I don't know when I was a heterosexual and even when I was a bisexual everyone I knew was on the pill so meanwhile at the CAC Bet is like I would like to challenge Faye Buckley to a duel (laughs) (laughs) and they're like she's like the gladiator in the ring it would have been so much better if they like just oh, actually sword fight, lesbian yeah. oil wrestling, or if they'd done like a, a lip sync battle. Oh fuck yeah! You know I, mean? I think Faye Buckley would have cleaned up. Yeah, I want to see Faye Buckley do Umbrella. <laughs> That's what I want out of my lesbian Tava. Uh, yeah, they and obviously Faye Buckley edited that stupid video of Bet so that Bet says I'm a pervert, but it's also really badly cut, and I could do a better one. Yes. Well, you could do a better most things than most people, Reese. Not dances. Oh, also the CAC so, has brought in their lawyer. Yeah. And what's this guy's name? The one that was a shitbag and now... Franklin. What's his name? Franklin. I, I, I couldn't even remember his name because he was being so nice this whole episode. Yeah. Is it because um, is it because Peggy Peabody told him where to stick it? <laughs> Maybe he stuck it in Peggy Peabody and now he's in a good mood. Wow. I don't think. No, Peggy Peabody would never sleep with that guy. No, no, literally never. I don't know. You know, people change. So then we get this brief scene um, at the salon, which we kind of already talked about, where they're like, let's give the baby to Bet." But it is cute how Shane is like, we'd all raise it together as a a group of friends. And I thought that was so, you know, that was cute. Like this, because obviously uh, it means that Shane is like a lesbian commune back to the land dyke. Yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. I mean, Shane is like... Right. She's like, love for all. Like, mm-hmm. I'll love you if you're a mom. I'll love you if you're that kid of that mom. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'm just here for everybody. Yeah. And, and she's also says there's no greater karmic blessing than doing something selfless for another person, which oh. is true. But and then Alice is like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Alice is so over karma. She, she hates karma. Yeah. So then we learn that Tina has purchased an entire wardrobe. Yeah, for what? Twelve week old. Yeah, I mean, guys, twelve weeks. Like, twelve weeks. You do not. I mean, I don't think that. I don't know a single person who would have this amount of like clothing and items for your unborn baby at that early of a stage. This twelve was weeks is absurd. Yeah, I mean, twelve weeks is like the 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 marker where you usually begin to tell people, and I don't think you start like getting things for your baby until at least past the twelve week mark, if not later on. 
Um, and Kit's there and she's like, I could have helped you with this if I had known that you were doing such a ridiculous thing to begin with. Right. And also like... Not for nothing, but why is she packing all the stuff away? It's, I mean, the like, I get the clothes, I guess, but she's, like, putting the what to expect when you're expecting book away and, like, what have you. And I get, I mean, I know why. It's because, like, Eileen Chaikin was, like, how do I signal that this is trauma and loss and this is, like, what she chose? But I just feel like, I don't know, in the wake of my miscarriage, I was, like, get me some more sperm right now. Right, like, yeah. the goal was to, like, get pregnant again, not um, pack all my things away. I'm sure, obviously, everyone has this thing experience with this but it just was I don't know again a little much yeah I don't know um, why they didn't if they wanted to make it this I don't know why they didn't have it later like why did they place it at 12 weeks they could have placed it I don't know and also just like I don't know I think that there's a way to show grief and loss in a little more subtlety and I think it's more powerful when that's the case so yeah Anyway, Dana's hair looks fucking great. Yeah. And and then Alice is like, but we still have to do something about your clothes. Let's go to Fred Siegel. And Dana's like, this is from Fred Siegel. But also Alice <laughs> is dressed like an accident. So. I mean, seriously, Dana's wearing like a form-fitting tank and like coral. And Alice is wearing like 47 coral shirts layered on top of each other. <laughs> and like drawstring <laughs> cargo pants. <laughs> yeah. So maybe turn that mirror around on yourself, yeah. Alice. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of Hector Projector over here. Yeah. Schecter Projector, <laughs> as one of our incredible Twitter followers said to us. Uh back when Jenny was projecting anyway but Dana's hair looks great but Shane has got a jet oh my god so Bet has a convertible but let me tell you what it does not give Mm -hmm. me near to as much pleasure as Sherry Jaffe's fucking convertible oh my god Shane like hopping into Sherry's convertible Sherry like kissing her being like let's go I was like like uh marry me Sherry Jaffe please pick me up pick me up right now This is one of those moments where I'm confused as a queer woman where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be Sherry Jaffe pulling up in the convertible and having Shane jump over the door into my convertible or if I want to be Shane jumping over the door into Sherry Jaffe's convertible. Like, I cannot figure it out. I don't know which one I want to be. I am totally fine with being either. Yeah. Which is, I guess, how I feel about a lot of lesbian things. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) Like, I, there's parts of both experiences that truly appeal to me on many levels. And this was hot. This was like... For some reason, Shane jumping into that car was like incredibly sexy. Yeah, I agree. It was basically I, that was lesbian sex. I also feel like this is how Kate would jump in mm-hmm. to a car. Just generally, like I feel like it was too smooth to be something she's never done before. Yeah, true. So I hope that one day when we interview her, we pull up in a convertible and she jumps over into our car just like that. So Steve, uh, Sherry's husband and him. Well, wait, wait. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. 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 And Harry, the creepy gay guy, owned this whole block. Mm -hmm. And so Sherry wants to invest in Shane and give her her own hair salon. Yes. She also wants to um, take her pants off in the dusty, dirty chair. Oh, she's not wearing pants. Yeah. What was she wearing? She's wearing like fishnet knee highs. Uh Uh-huh. And was she wearing a skirt that she took off? She just pull it up? I... I am not sure, but, but whatever it was, butt. it was pretty hot. Yeah. It also reminded yeah. me of that I mean, lamp. <laughs> Fragile? You know, the lamp, the lamp that's like a leg. It's like yeah. from a Christmas story or something. There you go. Do you know what yes, I'm talking about? Is. Yeah, I said Fragile. That's what it's the box says when the when they get the lamp. The oh. box says 
fragile, but he's like, it's so fancy. And he says fragile. Also, I she says they want to do the salon in mid-century modern. Speaking of fragile. <laughs> Speaking of fragile. Good point. Because I was like, is that? I don't think that's a thing. Okay. So they're all envisioning how the salon is going to look in this place. Yeah. And where they're going to have their shampoo stations and their color stations and their pool table. And everyone's and enjoying this fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I would go to this hair salon in a second. But as also you can see that Shane feels genuine joy when she approaches Sherry yeah. in a way that is, feels less like, okay, sure, I'll do this. And more like she's truly just like enchanted by this woman. Totally. I mean, I think her because I kept expecting, even though I kind of know what happens, like I kept expecting a little bit of hesitancy from Shane yeah. and got none. And it was yeah, it's a character turn for sure. The way that she's interacting with her. Then we go. Then we go to group. What even is this? What like, is even, this? What is this thing that they do? This is, is it group terrible. therapy? Is it? I don't understand. Everybody's like bullying Bet yes. and Tina after their miscarriage. Like Dan Foxworthy who we've already established is a bad therapist, Mm -hmm. is the host of this therapy group. For for what? I'm still not sure. And (laughs) he's supposed to be guiding it. But for some reason, everyone in the group is like doing the therapist parts. Yeah, they're really going hard, too, especially when the white dude is like, uh, excuse me, but um, I see that you're going through a lot, Tina. But I'm like, what are you? Why are you talking? Yeah. Why are you? Anyway, the point of the scene is for us to hear Bet say, I don't need to cry. Right. And setting us up for, of course, one of our favorite um, things that happens in almost every episode. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tina. Tina also says that they just found out it was a boy. Right. I hope it's a B-O-I, though. Not a B-O-I. Um, B-O-I. B-O-I. <laughs> <laughs> then as they're leaving, Oscar's like, hey, Tina, I like you should volunteer at the place that I work at. Maybe it would like give you something to take your mind off things because he is like a decent person. Right. Yeah. He's helping. He's trying to help. Mm-hmm. I do feel like Reese, you saying like, well, and, and they reveal that it's a boy and they do that intentionally to like kind of like underline the depth of the loss. And I thought about that when that happened. I was like, I guess that like, it, I mean, I don't know because I didn't know I was only seven and a half weeks. So I didn't know the um, like the sex of my baby, however we want to say that. But I do feel like probably the more you know about that collection of cells, the more difficult it is to suffer the loss. But I don't know. So let's move along to something incredibly To the important. Abbey. Is that where we are? It's, well, I, I, I assume the interior is not the Abbey. Um, but but the exterior intended. that they shoot for this is the Abbey. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't clock it. But yeah, the interior is definitely not the Abbey. It's definitely in Canada because this scene is like chock full of Canadian extras. <laughs> it is. And I love them. <laughs> Bet's there and Yolanda is at this show also? This is Kit's show. Yes, Kit's show. And Yolanda is there. And Yolanda's like, I didn't expect to see you here, Bet. And Bet's like, Kit's my fucking sister. Yeah, their, their exchange is actually very pleasant. Like everything's sort of yeah. like been muted, you know? And, they're, and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, group was less intense without you. And yeah. I'm glad, I guess, that this scene exists because it's a much better scene for Yolanda than it's all of the right. like blasphemous scenes that happened the last time yeah. we saw her and she introduces totally. her to her ex-girlfriend Candace Jewell. Candace Jewell. 
there was a moment in this scene. So I, I just got um, my DVD player used to always play the captions for me and it's not working anymore. Yeah. And I tried so hard to get it to work because all I wanted was a um, screenshot of Bet saying to Candace, you're a carpenter. And <laughs> I, I couldn't get it for us. But before we get there, Slim Daddy is on the prowl. I forgot we got more Slim Daddy. I know. Can, was this Snoop Dogg, like, how much time did he spend in Vancouver to shoot this? I love it. I feel like he must be a massive Pam Greer fan, right? Like, how how else did Slim Daddy slash Snoop Dogg stay on the set for this long and do this many episodes? I just feel like... Ooh, yeah, they know? were in a movie together called Bones. See, I knew it. A horror <laughs> film called Bones. Ooh. And... On uh, April 5th, 2014, he posted a picture on his Instagram that's just of Pam Greer, and his caption is, Pam Greer with four exclamation points. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How did you even just find that so quickly? <laughs> Google.com. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so they were in Bones together in 2001. So maybe, I bet they became friends then. Yeah. And he's there. He's there to support Kit Porter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite parts of this whole scene is that, like, it's, you know, it's supposed to be, like, a decent-sized room. Kit is on stage. She gets on the mic. She's talking to the crowd. She's like, my baby sister's here. She's like, Slim Daddy is in the house. And then he stands up <laughs> and he uh, he addresses the crowd without a microphone at all. It's like the room goes silent. Yeah. And he somehow can, everyone can hear him and know where he's standing. I also <laughs> kept thinking, like, this is wild. But then I remembered this is not actually Snoop Dogg because I was like, where is his security like, why isn't he being, like, <laughs> flooded by people? There's no way that Snoop Dogg right. could just walk into a club and not have, like, a million people be like, oh, my God, including me. Yes. Yesterday, I went into Urban Outfitters, and there were so many Snoop Dogg shirts. And it was, like, very jarring to me because I'm in this um, era with the L word. And I was like, wow, Slim Daddy is all over Urban Outfitters. And he basically anyway. says that he thinks that Bet and Candace would look good together, and he has a basic instinct about it. He is. He says, Lord have mercy on me, <laughs> is what he says. And then Bette leans back in her mm -hmm. uh, velvet couch and kind of yeah, like... Her, I thought you were going to say in her chainmail tank top. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's... Let, wow. Well, no one's really wearing a full shirt in this scene, except Snoop Dogg is wearing a giant <laughs> suit. But like, she is leaning back and she like kind of keeps checking Candace out. Like, she's like, hmm, valid. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you have a point, Slim Daddy. Yeah. It's, and you um, can see those wheels turning. Uh, you can. Kit is singing, and um, I just want if you if you're a person who listens to the podcast and then goes back and watches the episode, I just want to point you to paying close attention to the crowd shots in this scene because I do not understand what has happened. There is one in particular where it's almost like the whole screen is almost filled with one person's head, but then directly behind that person's head, but totally sideways is another person's head it is the weirdest shit i have ever seen i like rewound it four times so go and pay attention to that i did not even notice because i was just like this what is this song yeah let's get to the carpenter bullshit you know then we go to la planet where francesca is upset um, before we go to the planet, we get the scene where they're sitting there and Bet's like, um, you're working by the CAC. What do you do? And Candace is like, I build shit. And Bet's like, boing, 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 you're a carpenter. Oh, yeah. 
she finds out that Candace is Carpenter and says she should come by for lunch. Yep. So then we go to the planet where you shouldn't order lunch because Francesca doesn't think any of the servers are doing a good job and they should all be fired. Dude, this is like the best representation of a personality of all time is how do you treat people in the service industry? And Francesca is a fucking asshole who is just treats all of them like shit, is talking about them like they're pieces of shit and including Marina in that. Yeah. And I don't really care about Marina, but uh, Francesca sucks. And Marina's shirt sucks and probably Francesca bought it for her. And <laughs> Marina brings the things by. She's like, you shouldn't have to do this. You know, you should have servers doing this. Then she tells everyone, oh, all these pastries are on me or something like that. Yeah. I, I Dana shows up. Francesca. Everyone says Dana looks great. And Francesca's like, yeah. So Alice takes a sip of coffee and everybody's like, don't drink the coffee. We're giving the baby to Bet and Tina. Yeah, then I blacked out. Yeah. I was like, this is so dumb. They planned this whole baby's life. Yeah. Francesca's like, we're reshaping the idea of family. This is great for all of us. And I'm like, Francesca, nobody said you could touch the fucking baby. Yeah. Yeah. Francesca, no. Also, get an abortion. Also, you're not pregnant and we all know it. So drink the coffee. Yeah. Then um, Francesca's yelling at Marina about there being a fucking line. Then everyone leaves awkwardly, except for Dana, who can never figure out anything. So Francesca has to help yeah, her Francesca's leave. Like, want, then Fra so Francesca's like, here, I bought you all croissants. Leave! Mm -hmm. You know? Like, they leave yes, this whole I basket do. of whatever. And Shane's like, here's money. I'm paying for this. Because she's like, I don't want to be in debt to you because you are obviously a monster. Right. Yeah, then fucking, I mean, whatever. I'm asleep talking about this fucking bullshit between Francesca and Marina. But basically, Francesca is like, I already rescued you. Like, you you played the victim, blah, blah, blah. But don't forget that I already rescued you. And I'm like, we get it. We get it. You have money. Marina doesn't. Yeah. Shut up. Dana has two leather bracelets now. <laughs> so then we go to the Jaffies. And this scene starts out with Steve saying... Let's take the jag, which yeah, I, I say that pretty enjoy. much every day. I'm always like, let's take the jag, you know? Yeah. And then, then someone's like, you don't have a jag. What you have is a Prius. You drove into a rock. And I'm like, fuck you. Um, I forgot that Sherry Jaffe has a daughter named Clea. I forgot. I, forgot. I thought you were going to say and... that you forgot that I drove my Prius into a rock. <laughs> no, that I'll remember forever. <laughs> I witnessed it with my own two eyeballs. <laughs> Oh, it was a fateful A-camp evening in sunny Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, so with Steve Jaffe is like, yo, I have a daughter and I need you to like help her out because he doesn't say it, but basically like you're gay, she's gay. So like, can you just talk to her? Yeah, and Shane's like, I don't know about that. And he's basically like, you're going to do it. And you feel it feels weird because it's like Shane kind of has to because now she's like in theory yeah. financially indebted to him. But this kind of shit is always so complicated like when someone says they're going to give you something in the future and then mm -hmm. before that time before it's actually happened they make you do all this other stuff for you that you don't really think fits into the agreement but there is no yeah. agreement but you want to stay in their good side it's it's already like it's kind of fucked up and I, you can tell Shane is. is like a little like uh this is not comfortable for me at all it's messy and I feel like I mean I don't know we don't know Shane super well yet in the series but it just like I know that there's Sherry Jaffe stuff happening but it feels very unshane like for her to have agreed to anything that comes with this kind of like strings you know which it already feels like it does yeah um, but I guess she's also really excited about having her own hair salon so maybe that's clouding her judgment yeah or not clouding it but like it's so such a sunny idea that she can't you know ah. Yeah, she has to. The future is so bright. She has to wear shades. 
<laughs> is what I'm telling you. Also, she's wearing a tank top with no bra to a like a business. Listen, I don't know if you noticed, but apparently lesbians in 2004 did not wear bras. I know, there and yet no all bras. their breasts are perfectly alert. Perfect. Perfectly alert. So Clea walks out and um, gets into the car and is very a very affected teen. Yeah, that is like is a, yeah, she's very surly. Her hair is a few colors. Mm-hmm. She has on a a bold a bold lip. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then we go to the uh, the once the Walmart of social justice. Literally, Tina's like, I want to help sick babies. And we're like, oh, it's called the Center for Social Justice. So, like, very, very broad. They're really casting a wide net here. We're pretty they do much all the things. Whatever you're into, you want to save a whale, you want to stop poverty, you want to clean up the <laughs> national parks. Whatever you want, we do it here. There's a room for everything. There's a room this, for everything. Uh... And, and Tina is like, mm, I think I want to help, you know, children like underprivileged children or. Uh, at-risk children like as opposed to what helping right. privileged children like Shane helping is doing the rich children right not at-risk children <laughs> it's just it's so and he's like okay great and then she's like and he says we are doing all this like recon on different like conservatives who are like fucking with all of our lives and she's like have you ever heard of Faye Buckley and he's like let's research mm-hmm. and then James is playing Faye Buckley which is great He's like sitting across the table from Bet, preparing her for the duel. Yeah. And um, this is so we've talked a little bit about joked a little bit about like Bet flying across the country for Tina when like she can't even like get the girl a Slurpee. Um, But this was like especially insane to me that we see the phone ring. Bet's in the meeting and Tina's like, Bet. Uh, you got to get down here quick. And we are to believe that Bet leaves the prep for Faye Buckley before she even knows that she's going down there to talk about Faye Buckley, just on Tina's whim. Dan Foxworthy no really needs to tell Tina, like, please explain what you need <laughs> when you call. Tina's always like, emergency, yeah. gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut right to Bet showing up. In, at the Center for Social Justice, Mart, mm-hmm. and <laughs> where they, I guess, have a library of porn. A porn, a whole library of VHS porn. And she's like mad at Tina for doing research for her instead of like doing her own thing. Oh, Bet is always annoyed about something. I'll tell you what. I did feel for her a little bit, though, because when Tina's like, we found out this and Bet's like, yeah, I know, because people do this to me all the time. And I'm such a bitch mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've already looked like them. It's like, well, what have you considered doing this to make money for Auto Straddle? And I'm like, yes, oh, obviously I have. The, Do you think I'm a hack? Back in the everyone is gay days, if I was like, if one more person asked me if I've considered becoming a nonprofit, <laughs> I would take their head off of their fucking shoulders, squash it in my hands, and throw it out the fucking window. Like, what do you think we do all day? <laughs> Nothing? Ugh. Yeah, like. <laughs> I think I have specifically, like, sometimes I say, like, please don't ask me if we've considered becoming a nonprofit. Right? Like, oh, God. Anyway, Shane and Clea are going to play putt-putt golf. Yeah. Oh, and also, so Shane is supposed to convince Clea (laughs) to be willing to go on a mother-daughter trip to Paris. Right. This is, like, the ultimate and disaffected overprivileged teens. That you and are, it, and they, Tina does need to help. This child is at risk. You are being offered yeah, a free trip to Paris 
And you would rather stay at home and like sulk and put on lipstick? Mm, yeah. And Shane is like, I didn't have parents. Like it's very like broad strokes. You know, it's like the kid with no parents takes the kid with parents out to be like, you should appreciate parents if you have them. Yeah. Also, Shane is wearing uh, like a zip up hoodie that says criminal on it. Yeah. Which I want you to is know, that... um, Carly, who co-hosted um, 109 with me, she made uh, herself that zip up. Oh, my God. Does she have a picture in it? Ugh. Do we have a picture? I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Ask her because that's good shit. That is good shit. Uh, and so, oh, and also she gives her like she gives Clea some like mini golf tips by like standing Yo. behind her and like touching her. Hips. This is one of my favorite par- favorite Shane character development points thus far is that Shane has tips for putt putt golf. She's <laughs> like, you know what you need to do is bounce. Also, okay. like whoever who takes you to putt putt golf besides your parents. So Faye Buckley's daughter is in porn. Faye Buckley's daughter is Candy. Candy. China. China. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, she's China, <laughs> and she she's the girl from the porn. And mm-hmm. I looked at this actress, by the way, and she has had to play a waitress yes. five times. I, I looked her up, too, because I was like, I wonder if they chose somebody from the porn industry. They did not. Yeah, she does have a look. Yeah. And so she basically I've, this girl, China, her she's Faye Buckley's daughter, and she ran away from home because her father is abusive. And that's right. how she ended up in the porn industry. This is very 2004 because you can't make that kind mm-hmm. of money. You can't make enough money in the porn industry anymore. No. That it would be like a valid post runaway right. career, which no one else was probably thinking about besides me. So that's fine. But I love I love a Reese fact. Clint and Shane are sitting next to an actual golf course. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're the theme of the day is golf. <laughs> like how uh, there's a I don't I could be wrong, and I'm sure someone will tell me if I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that the world of golf. In the world of mini golf, are seldom <laughs> united. They do not overlap. Yeah. So somehow they're sitting <laughs> behind a tree next to an actual golf course. Yeah, they're sitting under a tree, not K I S S I N G. You know what I mean? Right. So Clea says that she's gay, and then she says that one time she watched a video that was in the VCR Oof. of her parents having rough. sex, of of Cherry whipping her dad. Like, and she's so, I know she's supposed to be an unaffected teen, but like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, it's scarring enough to even think about your parents having regular sex. Imagine finding a video of your mom whipping your dad. That's like, That's honestly great that your parents are still into banging each other, which is true. Yeah, Shane's like, I feel like Shane is wearing so many hats at that moment. (laughs) She's like, I'm supposed to be taking care of this kid. Sherry whips her husband. Sherry uses a whip in bed. Like, there's just like a lot of layers for her to process here. And probably one of them is like, will Sherry whip me in bed? Yeah, right. But she's probably Probably. also like, this believes, this is is believable. And then Clea tries to kiss her. Yeah. And Shane's like, nerp, I can't do that. You don't want to get involved with me. I'm involved in a few things. And she's like, what? Like drugs? Like drugs. And Shane says, that's part of it? Yeah. What? I don't know. I think Shane's just trying to get out of it. She's just trying to slide out the back door here. Yeah. Because she doesn't want Um, Clea to slide into her back door. And by that, I mean anal sex. Thank you for clarifying. Um, 
I don't know what happens in the next tiny scene because all I wrote is bet and snooze. So, <laughs> so they're back at the Center for Social Justice. And they uh-huh. say that Faye paid off a judge to have records expunged about something. And then basically Oscar says, like, liberals are never willing to get dirty. We don't we are too high minded. And so, like, conservatives always end up getting us because they're willing to, like, go get dirty and go, go low. Yeah. So this is I, I like I don't even look stuff up anymore because I'm like Reese will have like a full history report for me since they said this is the oldest lesbian bar in L.A. Um. It definitely, I mean, I think it was the old, like, it was the oldest one that still existed. It definitely was not the first lesbian bar in L.A., but it's the oldest one that and, was still open. And what is it called? The Palms. The Palms. And um, that's where Jenny and D- Dana find themselves yeah. and the al- Palms, alone. The Palms was the last lesbian bar, shut down in 2013. Uh, so it, la- it it was the oldest, well, not the, not the oldest, but it lasted maybe the longest? Yeah, it was the one, it was the open bar that had been open for the longest time. Wow. When it closed, it was open for 50 years. Oh, that's so fucking devastating. Yeah, and it was like, it had, Melissa Etheridge went there, Janis Joplin, it was a very, it was on Santa Monica, and I'm pretty sure I went there at some point. Mm, I wish I could say that I had gone there, but I did not. But now it's gone. It's gone. And now I, all of the lesbian bars in L.A. are gone. All of them are gone. Yeah. Now you have what's that pop up party that everybody goes to? Ass in a hat. Yeah. Ass astrology. And a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called gay astrology. Gay astrology. Yeah. Um. So this is a, um, you know, I had no idea. I forgot completely that this happened, um, that Dana and Jenny. <laughs> yeah, so it, like, they're, they're both, like, obviously they're both in different places. But you can see, because this is, when lesbian bars still existed, I feel like that was when you were like, okay, I guess this is what I do now, right? I'm sad. I, yeah. I want to meet someone. I go to the lesbian bar, right? Mm-hmm. And so they both had that thought, and they both were there. And they're like, hey, like, I kind of know you. They, you know, and then they sit down. Jenny sits down with with Dana and is like, wow, like, this is so old school. It feels like we're in the 1950s because all the couples are like butch and femme couples. Yeah. And and then they do what people do when you're like, I, I'm kind of sad and I have a body. Yeah. Uh, you're sad and you have a body. Let's smash put them together. Yeah. Let's just fucking smash them yeah. together. So this like, bodies. Like, we're both <laughs> the same level of attractive. So let's do it. <laughs> let's have sex. And she goes to Jenny's, goes over to Jenny's oh. house and Jenny's like, I'm sorry. It's so messy. I don't have anything to drink. Would you like some juice? This is an incredible scene, uh-huh. like incredible. I think it might be the best awkward sex scene I have ever seen. Yeah, I, I, it's like so completely perfect in every way. Uh, I just and of course we get Aaron Daniels and I mean, we, we get the two of them and they really are like two of the strongest actresses on the show. Yeah. So this is brilliant. Je- Jenny fucking gets them juice because it's all she has to drink. And she feels and she like which like this- in the juice. Yeah. So you're a tennis player. Yeah, that must be. Oh, that's so interesting. Like she's trying so hard. They don't know what to talk about. I mean, they definitely like have nothing in common. And then Jenny just takes her shirt off. And like, I don't. Do you think they're both like at this point in their trajectory? Do you think they're both bottoms? And that's what's happening here. Like it feels like. I did think that at first. Like, like when when Jenny lied down on her back, I was like, oh, honey. 
Yeah. Mm, I have a feeling that and this then, is like, not. And then like Dana's like, let's flip over and you go on top. Yeah. And like everybody is just. the juice. <laughs> and, and then she's, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And Jenny's like, oh, that's fine. There's worse stuff on this, on here than that. Yeah. Super sexy line from Jenny. <laughs> and they, and oh. then they like hit, I feel like they smash into, Dana hits her head. There's a part where, where Dana's like arm just flops to the side. She doesn't know where to put it. Yeah, because so I think maybe my favorite part of this whole awkward sex scene is when like Dana just wants Jenny to move over, but Jenny rolls over and, and then on Dana all fours. is yes, and gets on all fours. And Dana's like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it's just Jenny's like, this is a really bad idea. We should stop <laughs> which before like, it gets too grim. Which like good on them because I feel like usually this just goes all the way to to the end. <laughs> yeah, and then someone's like like you're going down on someone and they're dry as a desert even though your saliva's there. I feel like that's where this is going. You know. Yeah, and like they, where someone's they so dry it. that it sucks up all your saliva in inside. <laughs> like a vacuum. Yeah, like a vacuum. <laughs> just sucks it right up. God, yeah. for the for the for section. the like Non-queer people, I feel like the visuals of sticking your whole head into a vagina and licking a cervix and also a vacuum uh, mm-hmm. vagina are like two of our best imageries thus this, far. This but this is, I, I could never forget this scene because I think about it a lot when I think about this the sort of phenomenon of like, well, we're both the same level of sad, we're both the same level of attractive, so let's hook up. And it's always like, I hope this doesn't become a Jenny and Dana style hookup. Right. Totally. They're like, let's just be friends. This was also the scene where I was like, no one wears a goddamn bra around here. Just both of them. Shirts off, boobs out. Yeah. Um, also, the the maybe we should just be friends scene happening with all tits out was a great choice. Yeah. A fantastic choice. Yeah. It's just really great. Yeah, it was good. And I was actually wondering, like, I was like, it would be funny. I was surprised that Jenny didn't think. I wish that, that we knew a little bit more about Jenny's thought process here, because I would wonder if after that she'd be like, well, maybe I'm not gay, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I feel like I did a lot of that in the very yeah. early days of like, like I kissed this girl and it didn't feel good, so I must not be gay. Right. And then, oh, and also this is also earlier when they were still at the bar. This one, Jenny finds out that Alex, Alice is sleeping with a man and that Alice is bisexual and she seems excited about it. Oh, yeah. She, her facial, I mean, Jenny's face in general is just so hard to read. But yeah, she had a very interesting response to the bisexual comment. She was like, you mean... <laughs> Anyway, so that was cute. Then we go to the planet. Sherry swirls in in a hurricane mommy. Sherry, I wrote the way I wrote my first note wound up sounding like I was playing the game Clue. I wrote Sherry Jaffe at the planet with no underwear. (laughs) (laughs) She bought Shane some boots. And Shane, again, who's very like, I think she tries to have strict boundaries. It's mm-hmm. like, we can't be involved if we're getting in a business relationship. And Sherry's like, breaking up would be with me would be a very bad idea, Shane. And Shane's yeah. like, okay, I won't. I know. And this is another moment where I thought Shane was going to be like, hey, this is actually not cool. Like, I'm not going to do this. And instead, Shane was like, oh, but you're so sexy. Because because Sherry's like, do you like having sex with me? And Shane is like, it like, cannot contain the smile on her face. She likes having sex with Sherry Jaffe that much. It was so hot. Yeah, it's pretty great. I loved it. Uh, then we have Tina and Bet versus Faye Buckley. Tina and Bet are sort of like clickety clacking down the hallways of Paramount Studios, mm-hmm. heading to what is the show they're supposed to be on? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. Tonight. The um, morning in LA. Blah blah blah. Man right. talks to women in the table. 
In the table. Then the Trish table. and Trish the, and the talk. <laughs> this there it's Oprah. They're going on Oprah. It's the Jerry Springer show. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I believe that the show here is uh, Shining Time Station, starring Ringo Starr. Wow. Yeah. Or it could be Blue's Clues. God. Or it could be uh, The Daily Show. You done? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So Trish and Tim are in the pool. Jenny is over Go ahead, Reese. Uh, I just, I just love Jenny through all of this. Like she has no, she's in too much of an emotional turmoil to like really think through literally anything. <laughs> and she's like, this is, she calls Tim. Uh, she calls him on the, on the landline from her. Uh-huh. She calls, I love, first of all, I love anything in real life or on TV when people who could are within 10 feet of each other call. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's cute. Yeah, it's good. And basically, she's like, you should not be dating a student. Like, I mean, she's just I, and and Tim rightfully is like, literally, no one would ever believe that you give a fuck about me. Uh, even Jenny looks like fair point. I know. Tim. Also, Jenny calls him and he like is like he after she says what she says, he puts on the phone and just goes to the tool shed and knocks on the door and is like, hello. Like, she's like, well, I'm not going to do this in front of Trish. It is just like, oh, God. Oh, Jenny. Also, I can't believe Trish is back. Like, I'm sorry, but if I was at this dude's house and Jenny was like, I'm going to the store for bread, (laughs) I would never come back. Oh, I would come back every day hoping I could see something like that again. (laughs) I would start creeping around being like, I'm just looking for someone who's looking for some bread for toast. So, yes, it's the what did you call it? Mommy off? Yeah. So in this case, Bet and Faye Buckley being mommies. Honestly, Faye Buckley looks hot as hell. Yeah. In that white suit. Yeah, it's a good suit. Uh, before we get too far into the mommy off and Faye Buckley looking hot in her white suit, um, let's talk about our two least favorite lesbians, <laughs> Marina and Francesca. <laughs> They're being cunts to each other again. Choice cunts. <laughs> this is kind of amazing, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and Francesca's like, you better be nice to me if you want to be the one I go to Antigua with after oh. the show wraps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Marina has brought her wine and she's like, which wine is this? And she's a like, bitch about the wine. Yep. And then Marina <laughs> takes the wine glass back, takes her wine glass and Francesca's wine glass and mm-hmm. pours both of them into Francesca's suitcase. It's so good. Yeah. It's a great move. It's also like satisfying but a little less so because Francesca holds her shit together yeah. she responds not one iota she's just like mm-hmm. yeah so yeah those two, two are probably gonna break up right I don't I don't fucking give a shit about either of these assholes but yeah Marina has done two things that were good in this entire mm-hmm. series one <laughs> you were there you saw how much it counts two pouring the wine into the suitcase mm-hmm. yeah Marina's top hits Yep. <laughs> There's just two of them. Those are her top. There's just two. It's over now. Yes. But of course, I mean, it's weird, right? That her relationship with Francesca is very different. Like with Jenny, she's so, yeah. she has all the power. With Francesca, she's completely powerless. Right. It's almost like she's trying to get what she doesn't get with Francesca with Jenny. Yeah. Okay. So back to the view. 
speaking of power plays, we have uh, Faye Buckley, who first tries to distract or sort of like undermine Bet by making a racist comment about makeup. Yeah, like um, if they'll have to blend two different kinds of makeup to get the right makeup for Bet's face. Yeah, I don't think Faye Buckley understands makeup. Mm -mm. That's not how it works. That's kind of like saying, oh, you want a glass of rosé? Let's just take this red wine and white wine and mix it together. Right. They actually make rosé. So Faye Buckley, get it together. But you know, the dude, the like Lawyer, legal dude yeah. from, yeah, the CAC is basically like, listen, this is what she does. She just tries to like let you know she has information about yeah. you and that she's going to use it against you. Yeah. And, and it's working. Like, and she's like, he, she wants you to know that she knows that you're half black. And that is like, what's wrong with that? But I'm also like, um, is that a secret? Right. Could it, right. I mean, it's yeah. not like that reveals that you've done background research. So there's a brief moment before we like get into the interview, deep into the interview, where the legal counsel dude in the room watching the interview is like, we really should get her to smile more, which I feel like is like a, you know, I hated, man thing. I hated this scene. It's so you hated it from like a technical standpoint, like you think it was a bad scene or you hated it because it made you upset. No, I hated this scene because I think that the ending, which I think was like a good, like emotional, effective ending. Yeah. I think the ending would have been stronger. And I think that the scene would have been more believable if Bet had been doing better at the debate. Yeah. I mean, I see that. I feel like she didn't want to like, I feel like part of it was that she didn't want to use the the kid against Faye. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That she was like hesitant from the from the jump about like how to play it and how to how much she wanted to like gut her with that information but yeah I felt like she wasn't I felt like she wasn't going to use it until Faye brought up pornography yeah but also from and just from everything we know of Bet, like I don't feel like she was hitting back with arguments that were that strong and it obviously drove me nuts because I felt like I would be doing a better job at it <laughs> and I'm well, insufferable in that way but um yeah I just was like why is she why like Faye was wiping the floor with her right and you make a good point too because the like the, the truth is that you know when I watch I mean when anybody watches anything we kind of like watch it through our own lens and so I I think I'm laying over my own like oh I probably would feel weird about using this thing against a person but historically what we know of Bet, she's not going to hesitate like right. she you know she is kind of a shark like that right and I don't, I don't think it was authentic. And I also think that the ending, how things ended, would have been more powerful if Bet had been like winning the yeah. debate. And then at that point, Faye went for the jugular, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, she would have had a farther fall. Right. Because what she does at the end is basically say that uh, God has a way of like separating filth from good, or good and bad people and like whatever. And that Oof. therefore that is why like God took away her unborn baby from her lesbian lover which like did alice I tell her do you think it's totally alice alice cannot keep her mouth shut yeah it was probably yeah. marina marina was like oh i was gonna make tina smoothie today but <laughs> I, now i'm just gonna make her a margarita <laughs> from so, my hometown of italy what as much as this was like a gutting moment i mean it really was it like got mm -hmm. me um and i but i also just felt like 
I know this is like, you know, she's appealing, Faye is appealing to like the conservative masses and what have you, but it was such an underhanded blow. Like it was so shitty that I just feel like PR wise, it wasn't a good move, no matter how you slice it, even in 2004. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting like the, the climate in 2004. I just feel like attacking somebody's like miscarried baby is like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't, they really, because it, I mean, first of all, I think there's two uh, things we're supposed to see here. One is everyone's like, Bet, when are you going to cry? Well, here we go yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And also that because they chose to intercut this part of the debate, or they chose to intercut the part where Bet is like responding to her accusations about it being pornography and talking about how exploitative the porn industry is, that right. they cut it with with uh, footage that seems to be from the present, like at that moment that Faye's daughter is like on the street trying to like pick up. Um, mm-hmm. clients first as a sex worker and that it's funny that Faye is telling Bet like you are so sinful that you don't even get to have a child well meanwhile I think we can all agree that Faye is the is a bad mom Bet cries a lot but this particular cry was pretty rough also um, music wise yeah so they were they're playing uh, Hallelujah by Rufus Rufus Wayne Wright, which is a Leonard Cohen song originally. They had a Leonard Cohen song in an earlier episode. Um, and this song has been covered by a million people. And it uh, has also been in, I don't know, 100 TV shows. Yeah. But it I gets mean, me every time. It, that's what I was going to say. It's <laughs> like I can't even fault it. It's any time I ever hear it. It doesn't even matter what's happening on the screen. Whoops. I'm like. I just actually started. <laughs> I actually started playing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so, it, yeah. And Bet is, I mean, it's 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 confusing who's won this argument. I mean, it's like Faye has won it in the sense that she has quite literally undone Bet on tel- on national television. But and she reaches out to her or Oof. something, and then Bet pushes her away and is like monster. monster. And Faye is just like, "See you in Gilead." <laughs> Oof. Do you think that there's anyone has written like fanfic between Faye Buckley and um, uh, Serena Joy? <laughs> well, if they hadn't already, Reese, I think you may have inspired one or two to the pick only, up their pen. I would love for Faye Buckley to turn out to be like a closeted les, you know? Yeah, same. I mean, isn't that the best end to any of the conservative people who are monsters? Yeah. <sighs> okay, so we did it. Did you, do you know, um, I guess liberally then is um, referring to uh, not conservatively, <laughs> like Faye Buckley? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like, uh, yeah, or maybe it's like, yeah, I, or like, listen. like Shane, Shane is like going down on Sherry Jaffe, like pretty liberally. Yeah, pretty liberally. Or it's like they're going to raise their baby, their Alice's non-existent baby. That's pretty, yeah. That's, really liberally. That's liberally. Um, um, or it's like, yeah, the, the Dana and Jenny are drinking like green juice um, before trying liberally. to have sex. It's just like pretty, yeah, that's liberally. So, Yeah. Snoop Dogg is playing like a liberal liberal vacation to Vancouver. <laughs> I hope he climbed. I hope he went down the bridge. There's like a walking. There's like a bridge. There. I've never been to Vancouver. Oh, you haven't? I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It's nice. Well, Reese, if I can't find you debating Faye Buckley live on national television, where could I find more about you? Um, I have a Instagram it's called Ottoin, and I have a Twitter. Ottoin, I have a website, Autostraddle. I have a Twitter, Instagram, to Ellen Beck. 
That's How it. many times do you think that you've typed the combination of the letters A-U-T-O in your life? Maybe a thousand times. No. What? Maybe a million times. The thing is, I've yeah. definitely never typed it to reference an automobile because why would I talk about automobiles? I can't even not drive my car into a rock. <laughs> Uh, you were going to tell them where they can also follow Tell and Back? Was that what you were about to yeah, say? Yeah, no, I already said it. I said it so fast. Oh. Like, I was just, like, going for it. Liber I was wow. saying it liberally. You were saying it liberally. Yeah. Um, you can find me and things that I do and, like, at Kristen Nolene, which is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. -E. It's also my website. So there you have it. All right, Reese, do you, um, do you have your L word? I do. Great. I have mine, too. Great. Three, two, one. Lauren Lottie Karen Dottie, Klein. Lottie like to party. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, there's only a few more episodes left of season one, and I, like, can't say it enough times. All I want is for somebody to make a picture book for us that combines <laughs> all the L words that we've done. Like, yeah. you know, this this week's would be, like, Lauren Karen Klein singing Lottie Dottie, we like to party. You know, you, you understand. Like, just yeah. put the, put the well, pairs I think it together. Should, I mean, as I would love I would love a picture of Karen Klein regardless, but I do yeah. think that it should be a picture of Snoop Dogg. But, and, okay, so it's, and, yeah, and Lauren. And Lauren. Yeah. Holding hands. Okay, yeah. great. Or driving. Yeah, you <laughs> listen, you're the artist out there, so you decide. But Yeah, but they should probably have smoothies. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in case peanut butter, just in case you're not into fruit. Um, I want I want you to know that I was in the an, in an elevator with a lesbian just a few days ago, and I brought up the L word for the second time, and I apologized and explained that it was part of my job, and was like, we we just got to the part where um, Snoop Dogg is on the show, and she was like, oh, he hates peanut butter smoothies. She had not even rewatched the series; she just knew, and I was like, so impressed. I could I could barely breathe. It was just incredible. All right. Well, we did it. It only took a million years. Only took two hours to get a <laughs> one hour podcast. Thanks for everyone's patience. <laughs> Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we 